Diocese of Churches for the Sake of Others is pleased to present the C4SO podcast, a place to celebrate the voices and values of C4SO. C4SO is a national diocese of the Anglican Church in North America led by Bishop Todd Hunter. You can learn more about us at c4so.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the C4SO podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Ben Sternke, and I'm here with Bishop Todd Hunter. How are you today, Todd? Doing good. I'm looking out the window. We've got a lovely cleansing spring rain going on, you know, washing the pollen out of the air. Yes. Thank goodness for that. Uh, (laughs) It's washing. uh, We've we've got some rain here uh, in Indianapolis as well today. So it must be raining all across uh, the Midwest here. Um, good to be today, with you again. Yeah, it's good to be with you uh, as well. Uh, we're continuing our series today on reimagining church for a post-COVID world. Uh, we've covered, if you haven't listened to the rest of the episodes in this series, I would encourage you to do so. We've covered leadership, we've covered physical space, we've covered liturgy and sacraments, and this week we're covering <clears throat> finances. Uh, very, uh, maybe maybe not quite as uh, sexy as the other topics. Uh, but uh, but something that, uh, as every church planter knows, is uh, very much uh, required, um, yeah. and, and we need to sort of deal with that in our churches. Um, Todd, I wonder what surprised you about finances in the church, about how how church finances have been affected by the pandemic. Um, did anything surprise you about what happened? Yeah, that that one's super easy, Ben. It uh, we were all surprised, meaning me, our finance committee, and our um, the executive leadership team of the diocese mm-hmm. that like we hit our numbers last year. Yeah. Yeah. And if you had asked us in March, we were all, you know, everybody just read Andy Crouch's thing, you know, right. Like, whatever that Batting was. Down the hatches. Last, and, last, and last March getting prepared, yeah. not just for a blizzard, but for an ice age, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we slashed our budget. Um mm. But we ended up hitting our revenue numbers, and that means that our churches did for the most part. Yeah. So yeah. probably the number, one of the biggest surprises of the whole pandemic for me is that at least in C4SO, hmm. and I'm sure there's exceptions or outliers, but the vast majority of our churches did not um, hit a financial crisis. I think the the biggest pattern was everybody cut expenses or they just yeah. couldn't meet and where they were meeting. Mm-hmm. So they weren't paying in rent or whatever. Right. Yeah. So people's um, expenses went in hindsight, went sort of organically down mm-hmm. and revenue didn't go as down as uh, we all thought it did. So most churches ended up doing okay. And we were very pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah, we were as well. I mean, we were reading the same articles and uh, thinking the same things and uh, pleasantly surprised by um, the generosity of people and just the way that, um, the apocalypse, uh, at least the one that we thought was arriving, didn't arrive. Um, yeah. You know, obviously there was a lot of other things revealed uh, during this pandemic. But yeah. Um, so anyway, um, do anything you know, real quick before we get into this episode, any opportunities that you see for the church uh, post-pandemic uh, in regard to finances? Anything that comes to mind for you in terms of? Because um, it feels like we're not we're not like okay, great, we're back to normal, everything's fine. Yeah. It feels like this opens up, or it could open up, I guess, some new opportunities or some new possibilities for the way the church thinks about finances. And- yeah. Yeah, it it feels to me like, um, oh gosh, I don't know what comes to my mind. It's like a bomb went off um, mm-hmm. out on the street or something. And um, 
we fixed the windows out front and we've set the tables upright again and put the chairs around, you know, whatever this, this entity was, but it feels to me like the street is still littered with really hurting people. Mm. So I think I would be trying to use money as muscle to be agents of healing relief, like just good old fashioned relief. Um, people who have missed mortgage payments or afraid they're going to, or, groceries or medical, you know, medical care. Yeah. I, I think the church right now um, just needs to be alert to, like, I don't know exactly what a, a, a given church in C4SO should do, because as you know, our contexts are all so different. Mm-hmm. But I think if we could be agents of healing and agents of just the word that comes to my mind of relief, because people are still yeah. hurting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, any any value like that or any priority means you're going to have to put calendar and money behind it. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that's what comes to my mind in terms of opportunities for us. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it it lines up with a little bit of what um, I, I heard people say in this interview that uh, we're about to do this round table discussion Um, specifically what Trinity is doing in Atlanta. They, Mm. they kind of developed a new fund um, specifically for these kinds of things that uh, people Mm -hmm. are really have been really gotten behind and, really have loved to give to. And so that's not just for people in the church, obviously, but it's also for the surrounding community, right. you know, mm-hmm. the, that the church inhabits. And so that's really good. Yeah. And C4SO would be a great uh, way to use the 5% money that we um, say we let stay <laughs> right. local for local mission. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. So stay alert uh, to some of those opportunities. Um, one quick announcement uh, we should probably talk about before we get into the um uh, episode here is the clergy conference. Um, yeah. The 2021 clergy conference just got uh, sort of the details of that are announced. That is going to be in Austin, Texas, uh, September 14th through the 16th this year. Uh, the topic is leadership for the road ahead. And Mary-Kate Morse is yeah. going to be uh, speaking along with you, Bishop. Yeah, I think uh, probably a lot of people don't know Mary-Kate, meaning, you know, she's not this big you know, radically famous Christian. Right. Uh, I think you know her from do. Missio things. And mm-hmm. she just feels like the perfect fit to me this year. The, you know, the combination mm-hmm. of her expertise in leadership, mission, and formation. Yeah. She just feels like a, I yeah. think she'll be a lovely presence. And for those of you who don't know her, um, I, I really look forward to you getting to know her. She's wonderful. She is wonderful. Uh, I'm looking forward to being there. Um, looking forward. We, we usually, after we hit stop on these recordings, um, usually, if I'm meeting new new pastors or um, the, the new people, we're usually saying, I'm looking forward to meeting you in person yeah. at the clergy conference. So yeah. um, if you are interested in, if you are clergy and you're interested in coming, um, check out the link in the show notes. All right. We ready to get into this? Let's go. Thank you, Ben. All right. Thank you, Todd. Welcome, everybody, to part five of our series, Reimagining Church for a Post-COVID World. Today, our topic is reimagining finances, and I am joined by three guests who have all been uh, actively leading churches in our diocese through this pandemic. Um, We'll do some quick introductions here. The Reverend Amy Winkle is the administrative pastor at Trinity Westside in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome to the C4SO podcast, Amy. Yes, thank you. It's good to be here. 
Yeah. The Reverend Billy Steen is the founding pastor at All Souls South Placer in Roseville, California. Welcome back, Billy. You've been on uh, through the Cycle of Prayer spotlight before. Good morning. Great to be with you. And as well, a Cycle of Prayer alumni, alumnus, uh, the Reverend Austin Becton is rector at Good Shepherd Nashville in Nashville, Tennessee. Austin, welcome back to the C4SO podcast. Great to be back. I am really thankful that we get to hear from all of you today. Our topic, as I mentioned earlier, is finances. Um, and this one maybe is not quite as, you know, we've been through leadership and physical space and liturgy and sacraments and community. And then now we're going to talk about finances. It might not be quite as, I don't know, sexy as the other topics uh, that we've covered. But as any church planter knows, and as you all are very familiar with, I know at least two of you are actively planting churches right now. Um, finances is a vital part of ministry. You can't just uh, you can't just let it do whatever it's going to do, and um, so this is a really important topic, I think, for our churches. Uh, we want to have a roundtable discussion today, just with the three of you, about what you're seeing, what you're learning, and what you're planning um, as it regards stewardship of finances, raising funds, etc., um, and especially how you're thinking about doing that going forward as um, as the pandemic kind of you know winds down. I don't know how we, you know, want to talk about it. I think everybody's like, there's always an asterisk about that, right? It's like, what is the pandemic doing? We're not really sure. Exactly. So, but it does, you know, feels, feels like things are opening up, you know, um, here where I live in Indianapolis. Um, I think they're removing the mask mandate um, for vaccinated individuals on June 7th. And so there's a lot of these sort of dates that are coming up that are yeah, making us feel like things are opening up. Um, and I, re- I remember when the pandemic first hit, there was a lot of talk about sort of preparing for the worst financially. I don't know if you guys uh, felt this, but I, I remember reading a lot of <laughs> stuff that scared me a bit of just like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Um, budgets were cut, you know, belts were tightened. Um, but then for most churches, and I, I'd love to hear from you guys if this was true, but for most churches, I can't think of a church I've talked to where this actually happened. The financial apocalypse actually did not arrive for most churches. Um, so I wonder what, what were you preparing for at your church and what has actually happened in your churches financially uh, during the pandemic? Amy, can we start with you? Sure, yeah. Um, so here at um, Trinity Westside, we um, oversee the finances for all three of our parishes, so okay. um, Westside, Eastside, and Northside. Um, so we were watching for all three, and so, but the Westside is our largest congregation. Um, but yeah, so we were prepared for things to, to change drastically um, pretty mm-hmm. quickly. And so we're um, making accommodations for that. Um, fortunately, we had savings in the bank, so we didn't have to make cuts right away. Um, but okay. we were also, you know, looking, um, but kind of making plans if that were, was the case. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, but that didn't happen right away. Um, so that was really great. We actually saw an increase in giving at, at the beginning um, yeah. of the pandemic. And yeah. um we're actually able to start a love your neighbor fund um, and call mm. our our church to to give to that so that we could have money to give to partners and and to people who are struggling within the church and our church okay. responded mightily to that. Um, we were able to raise a little over um, five hundred thousand dollars in in a oh, short wow. amount of time that we for were that able fund? Mm-hmm, for that for that wow. fund alone. Which over our three congregations. That's an amazing amount of money. Yeah. 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 Over our three congregations. So we had that money at our disposal to um, help with our ministry partners here locally and abroad who were shifting 
their yeah. ministry platform um, in, a, in a short amount of time. And then people in our congregations that were struggling because they'd lost their job or needed help yeah. with rent assistance and things like yeah. that. So that so even though we were planning for the worst, um, like I said, it didn't happen. Um, yeah. And then actually we were able to give a, a lot of money away during that time, which was a great yeah. blessing. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. So it's like, um, as a, at, like your whole community, the three churches together especially, um, there was a thriving, uh, which allowed for you to take care of. There were, there were families and individuals in the church that did lose their jobs, that were struggling, that couldn't make rent. Um, and so, um, you know, the generosity of those uh, for whom uh, the pandemic did not affect them was able to kind of make up for and provide for uh, those that needed it, yeah? Yeah, so it was just a great um, thing to see within our community, um, yeah. uh, just the way that we were able to to come yeah. alongside one another as it was just a really great testimony, it felt like, for the church. Yeah, so. yeah, it's great. I mean, it's intensely biblical as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's that's literally how Paul talks about finances, <laughs> right. you know, with Macedonian churches and all that kind of stuff. So that's really great. That's right. That's right. Um, I'm glad to hear that, Amy. Um, Austin, how about for you guys? What what happened? I know that you're you're not in the same place. You don't have three congregations and a large um, sort of reserve. Right. You're you're just planting. You're just getting started. How did the pandemic affect you financially? Well, yeah. Was, so I mean, just to to even start, um, we started literally when uh, the pandemic, or at least in, in the Nashville area, the city shut down. Wow. So that, literally yeah, that's that when you Sunday, started the church. Yeah. 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 Started. So my initial reaction was like, I told my wife, I was like, we're toast. Like this yeah. is done. Like yeah. this yeah. isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a- after, you know, like her lovingly speaking with me for a little while, um, <laughs> we just began to like together, just pray like, okay, God, like if, if you've called us to this, we're going to trust that your spirit's going to lead, provide in some way that we're just not seeing right now. Hmm. And it's probably a little bit, you know, just on a different scale of what Amy was saying is um, our giving just continually increased. Um, So we we started just kind of meeting online, having some Zoom gatherings, and the fun just started trickling in. And Hmm. we would just try and be forthright with people of like, hey, this is where we are. We have very low overhead right now. So we didn't require a whole lot. Um, But yeah, we we actually began to see actually a growth of generosity during the season, which Hmm. I mean, I still to this day look back and just go like, I can't believe we're where we're at now. Yeah. You know, even having gone through all this pandemic. But Yeah. yeah, it's been a blessing. Yeah, that's great, Austin similar story it sounds like um and that, that was our story too that giving actually went up uh from what we budgeted or expected mm-hmm. uh in the year of, of the pandemic uh billy how about for you guys you guys are also planting there yeah yes so with austin i'm in the uh, category of people uh, traveling on a wing and a prayer <laughs> in terms of, of money um yeah we started with uh with nothing which is a parachute plant no no money i was Fortunate in that coming um, uh, with a, a military retirement, I had some savings, and um, and the Lord had put on my heart some time back that that was available to be used for a church plant if that's what we were okay. called to do. So I was able to fund it um, to get us started, and okay. uh, not knowing when, uh, you know, when and how uh, money would come in. And then amazingly, as the Lord always does, you know, we ended up with two families who joined us right before we started, who both had significant capability and uh, kingdom hearts and minds. And uh, Hmm. so within the first three months, uh, I was able to 
to get reimbursed for everything that I had uh, kind of put up in, up front. Hmm. And uh, we were we were on the way, and hmm. uh, we were six months in when the pandemic hit. Okay. And um, uh, like everybody, wondering if we were going to survive, if it was possible to survive. Yeah. And actually, our primary givers thrived through that time hmm. and continued to give. And because we were in a rented facility uh, school, uh, we were agile and lean. And so we went to Zoom hmm. and uh, actually ended up putting away about almost $40,000 during that time. So yeah. starting from zero, actually with a deficit, Right. And uh, right. going to that was pretty miraculous. And yeah. uh, just, again, testimony to God's faithfulness. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, we found, too, uh, just uh, we didn't anticipate it, but, like, our expenses were down as well because, you know, we're not going out for coffees and lunches and, you know, you're not paying um, you're not paying to travel, you know, like all, all the events got canceled and all that kind of thing. So I think that for us that was part of it as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing that as a theme, that there was an increase in generosity uh, which I think, again, it speaks to God's faithfulness, but also like the faithfulness of God's people. Um, it was super, I, I remember writing emails to our congregation, just like being continually just so thankful that this was, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like, guys, we're, I think we're actually mm-hmm. following Jesus together. You know what I mean? Like, I think this yeah. is more than a country club. This is, we're doing it. I think we're doing church. I think this is good. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, well, thanks guys for sharing that. I wonder... Um, is anything changing about, you know, we, we you know, kind of getting back to normal has become this trope uh, that I think none of us actually, you know, I think we're all changed forever, you know, going through this. And I think our churches are probably changed forever going through this. Um, as you guys think about this topic of uh, money, that's, you know, raising money or funding ministry or stewarding finances, all that kind of thing. As you think about that, is, um, is anything changing about the way that you think about that or practice those things um, as you come uh, out of this pandemic, any of y'all can start on that one. I, I feel like you know, at least for me, this is awesome that it's it's unique because I would say yes, things are changing, but we're just it feels like everything's just been a roller coaster since day one. Yeah, so it's, it's all it's been it's changing a, ever. It's yeah, been exactly. changing the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, so there's this continual like. Mm. All right. And so anyways, like long story short is like, you know, we, we had budgeted a certain amount for, you know, this first year and we, we are near like doubling that. <laughs> and, you know, for us, it's just been one of those things of, you know, I think at the, the first little bit, we, we felt like we needed to, to try and hang on to, to what we can not spend anything mm-hmm. and just be extremely frugal. Um, and I think now we're, we're feeling a little bit more freedom to begin to stretch our legs a little bit and go, okay, like we feel like this is where God has called us. Here's the yeah. kingdom work that, that can be done around this. And how can we begin to invest that? Yeah. Um, I would say a part of that though, has been a, a challenge to think through like, what is it we're really spending money on? Right. Like I, mm. I've come from bigger churches and so it, it's just, it's easier to spend those funds, you know, yeah. Um, when things are going really well and you don't have a pandemic overhead. And mm-hmm. and so it's just, I think for us, it really forced us to really think through, like, how are we being really intentional with what we're spending on? Yeah. Um, and like, do, do we actually see 
um, an impact with this expenditure or not. Hmm. Um, we found that most of our expenses have been on personnel. Yeah. Um, as of yeah. late, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, uh, I, you know, that's people doing the work, you know, to kind of uh, equip the church. You know, that's mm-hmm. not a that's not a bad thing. But yeah, that's um, yeah, that's interesting. So a bit more intentionality. I'm hearing you say, mm-hmm. in terms of like, what are we spending our our money on rather than, but also this shift for you guys from. Uh, I guess the, the mentality shift that it seems like you went through is like, okay, we have this need and then how is God going to supply? And now it's like, oh, we have a bunch of supply. You know, what, what are we supposed to do with this? You know, like what's God, you know, like the discernment becomes different. Um, so oh yeah. It's yeah, it's, yeah. It's drastically shifted in that since, yeah. since day one. That's fascinating. Yeah. Amy, how about for you guys at, uh, at Trinity? Yeah. I mean, I think anything changing some of the changes that we've seen, um, through this time have been how people give. So whereas um, the baskets on Sunday were a big part or like the biggest part of our, um, our, our giving that changed almost overnight to online giving, like our online giving went up quickly um, and has remained that way. And so, um, so what that's done is kind of, at least on here on the West side has, you know, kind of leveled out our giving where there's, there's not as many spikes and throughout the year um, based on, you know, the seasons and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's been an interesting to, to watch, and we're still kind of watching it to see what implications it has. But mm-hmm. um, but it, it changes the trends a little bit that we're looking at. So as we go okay. into the summer months, we're curious, you know, how that's going to affect the trends. And yeah. But as we're also starting inside in-person services again where people can give when they're here, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, there's just some of the of how people are giving. is is kind of you can't. Um, mm-hmm. base it on past trends than the same way that we have before. So just trying yeah. to track those things and get a sense of what's happening. Um, okay. But, but it's, I, I think it's encouraging to see that, you know, there's multiple ways that people are staying engaged. So. Yeah. Do you think, Amy, would, would that become uh, something that, like, because giving online, like, stabilizes giving, right? It's like, it's not as dependent on, like, well, I, I didn't go to church or I was on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just like paying a bill. It's like, well, you still pay your electric bill even when you're on vacation. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's the same mechanics of, of setting something up online. Um, do you think that you'll end up asking people to give in that way? Um, or, or will, like, will it be the kind of thing like, Hey, this is our preferred way of giving, or will you just sort of leave it up to people and just kind of see what happens? Yeah, I don't see us move into that because I think um, it is important for um, people to be able to give as part of the service if that's how they want to. You know, I know like that's a important to get like a part of a liturgical yeah. act, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and we have it as part of kind of you know people coming forward for to the table. You know, so mm-hmm. it's part of our worship service. Yeah. So yeah. I think we would want to hold on to that for for people who want that as part of yeah. the, the worship experience. Um, yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't see it, but I, I, I imagine people will stick with online, you know, who've kind of mm-hmm. moved in that direction, but some may yeah. decide they, they want to give in person as well. Yeah. So, Yeah. You just reminded me of something that we did. We, we started this, um, right before the pandemic hit, uh, well, a few, few months before the pandemic hit, because we have a lot of our people that give online. Um, and we actually, like, we actually prefer that. We tell them like, it helps us, you know, as a young church plant, like it helps mm-hmm. us to budget and you know, that kind of thing. Um, but we also recognize that it's a helpful liturgical act for people to, you know, sort of, um, you know, remember that this is happening, sort of, you know, the banks are taking care of things behind the scenes. It's helpful to liturgically do something. 
Um, so we ordered these little like wooden tokens. Hmm. And if you give online, like you pick up a wooden token and you can put that in the basket. Oh, you know, nice. It's just this act of saying, as a reminder to yourself of just saying like, this is happening. Like I've decided to do this and, you know, Lord, I'm, you know, this is what this means for me, you know, in terms of, um, in terms of worship. So, so it you can just still be part of, of the service. Yeah. That's really yeah. great. I like that. Yeah. That's there's really still good. something that, and the kids love them, uh, yeah. obviously too. Um, <laughs> pocket a lot of them, that's take right. them home, but that's okay. They're cheap. Um, but yeah, you just reminded me of that. And I think now that we're learning that COVID is, you know, it's primarily spread through the air, right? Through aerosol. Like we might bring back some of those touching things, you know, mm-hmm. that are like, you know, maybe this is safe. Maybe we can do this again. So, yeah, that's great, Billy. How about for you guys? What what's changing, if anything, about the way you're thinking about raising money or or practicing stewardship? Well, I was. I, I think the thing that uh, that the second factor in all of this for us, and I, I'm I'm sure it's true for everyone else, is that the uncertainty about what post COVID was going to look like. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, you know, are, are basically in a place where it's going to be a re, relaunch of our church plant. Okay. But, um, and we picked up a few people along the way uh, doing, doing our live Zoom worship services for almost a year. Yeah. Uh, but but it, whether that will translate to people coming in live physical presence, we're not sure yet about. So, hmm. yeah. um so that that's created a whole different dimension of um, what do we how do we plan for that? There's there's a lot of uncertainty in regard to that. Yeah. We we had planted you know beginning in a high school rented a high school facility, thinking that you know the the first major priority would be to try to get to something a little more permanent, mm-hmm. um, a shared facility or something like that. And so that's what we're looking for now, okay. um, but yet we're still we're still at that juncture where it's a little bit uncertain about how things are going to look post and how how far mm-hmm. do we. On on the one side, I don't want to miss the opportunity to take advantage of, of, you know, the openness that's that's there for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't want to miss that opportunity, but I don't want to be presumptuous either in um, yeah. in stretching a, a little too far at this juncture. Right. Yeah, that's really interesting. There was, you know, the uh, I'm hearing you say the 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 uncertainty of the pandemic is something that's sort of sticking with you. Um, that there's this assumption. It's not like okay, now we can get back to our plan. We're going to meet in a school, and then we're going to find a, you know, that that kind of thing. It's more like, oh, I think we need to stay agile with our finances, um, maybe long term. Maybe this is actually something we need to you know, yeah. <laughs> predict, for, you know, for the next pandemic or for the next whatever disruption, you know, that, that we can't predict, like maybe, um, maybe we can't make plans as far out in the future as we think we can. I wonder, uh, and related to the question about, um, oper- like what's changing in terms of how we're thinking about finances. Um, Amy, you had mentioned, you know, this love, love your neighbor fund, um, that ended up being kind of a unique opportunity you know, we, we all expected a lot of challenge, you know, and, and encountered something quite different, even though it has been challenging, you know, for a lot of us in terms of uh, uh, the pandemic, in terms of finances. Um, but I wonder what other opportunities that you guys see for the church in terms of the way that we think about finances, the way that we use our finances. Um, is anything, is any opportunity kind of coming up for you um, as you think about how the church uses finances coming out of this pandemic? 
Well, related to the love your neighbor, um, we're we're continuing that. Like that's something that yeah. lives on um, okay. and is kind of becoming part of our our church culture. Um, I mean, it has yeah. been, but like really defined in a in a more specific way. Yeah. So we're we're kind of holding it open and um, at different times of the year with specific calls. So this last um, so okay. at Easter, just um, a few months ago, we. Um, we opened up Love Your Labor again related to medical debt. And so we partnered with oh. a, an organization who um, buys up medical debt and cancels it for families. Uh-huh. And they asked for donations to help you know them with those costs. And so mm. we were able to make a specific call to our church during the Easter season um, okay. to help uh, cover medical debt within our local community. So it was within our zip code here in Atlanta. Okay. Um, and so, so we we see that as a going forward kind of thing that there'll be certain times of the year where we open that up again and and um, make calls to the church in specific ways where we can, um, you know, feed back into our local community hmm. and, um, awesome. and find ways to to speak to the needs that we see around us. So yeah, that's great, Amy. Appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, I would say for for us, there's there's been a. Um, uh, how would I say this? Like not just a growing, a growing generosity, but like a growing awareness of like, Oh, like God will actually take care of this and provide. Hmm. Um, and hmm. in that, I think there's been a little bit more of like this desire. And, you know, we've talked about this at the, at the ground level, but like, you know, Matthew 23, 23 says, Hey, you, you tithe your deal mint and cumin or in some order like that, but you're not known for justice. But, uh, mercy and faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And so we just always said, you know, from the very like foundation of this church plant, like we want that to be embedded in our DNA and our ethos, mm. um, not just a, a tack on that, that we do later on, like when we have enough money or something. And I think, you know, like that's all sounds great. Like when you're just talking about it and dreaming about it, but like when, <laughs> when push comes to shove and you're having to pay bills and stuff, it starts getting a little mm. bit, well, how do we do this? How do we, yeah. and I think like coming out of this time and, and just watching how like the Lord provided in, in so many ways, you know, not, not just financially, I think it's given our parish this desire to say, Hey, like, let's actually like go out and do this stuff and, and yeah. trust that like, as we do it, like, God's going to continue fanning the flames. Hmm. And so I think there's been a little bit more excitement around like, um, like we're getting together a team to, to really say like, how can we be a kingdom representation? Like right here in the core of our our neighborhood. Um, What opportunities are there to serve, not just financially, but also like practically and be present with these people. And so just seeing that, I think it's fanned the flames of this, like, um, I don't, I, that's why I'm trying to even struggle with how I say it, but like, not just generosity, but it's this right. like trusting that like God is actually working through each and yeah. every one of us yeah. uh, for the sake of others. Yeah. And that he'll, he'll continue to provide everything, you know, that you need, right. Not just enough money to do mm-hmm. this stuff, but like energy and, you know, personnel and, you know, uh, right, just, like right. it's kind of expanded, um, your faith that yeah. God's at work. Yeah. That's really great. Not, yeah. not that there weren't times and aren't times where we're like, uh, God, like, <laughs> where are you right now? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, good. Any other opportunities that are coming up? Well, I was just going to say, Ben, I think that was my follow-up to your question was that um, I want to beware of 
being too skittish and cautious now mm. and mm-hmm. not not uh, being responsive to the spirit's promptings and leadings to go for it. Yeah. Uh, because I think that there's obviously plenty of kingdom ministry to do. Yeah. That's not a question. And, uh, you know, uh, mm. I, I just have an awareness that... Um, that I, I want to be beware of, uh, of, of uh, we've lived by faith and God's provided, as, as uh, Austin is saying, and we want to continue to be on the edge. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, hear, I hear you naming a tension there that I think is helpful to keep in mind, that there is, on the one hand, a need for agility to remain, you know what I mean, to, to not make assumptions you know, about what's going to happen, you know, based yep. on what has happened. So there's this need for agility, but we can't let that agility devolve into uh, a stinginess or a, a fear uh, about the future, right? It was like, well, I better hold on to everything. We better never spend money on that, or we can't really afford that, or you know, that kind of thing. So I hear you naming the tension of let's not let our uh, need for agility and our carefulness, let's not let that devolve into fear. Uh, and stinginess, but also let's not let our faith become presumption. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, Ben. I think that the idea of tension is is so important, and, and and especially when it comes to like thinking about finances. But I would apply it to almost any everything. But yeah. But in that yeah. reality of saying like, yes, there there is a lot that like God may be calling us to. Some of it might be right now. Some of it might mm-hmm. be five years or ten years down the road. So there is a place to, to plan and prepare and, you know, um, without just necessarily saying, hey, like, we're going to keep all this and hold right, on to it right. just in case yeah. something bad happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, there, there's that reality in people, too. You know, even though I talk about, like, our parish, you know, feeling that sense, there's still a few that's like, hey, like, this is, a, a you know, this the economy right now is up and down. Like, how do yeah. we know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's a there's a certain step of faith in there, but like you, if if you're not sitting in that tension, yeah, I, I think you can tend to veer to one dangerous extreme or the other. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it feels like that that tension's kind of led to creativity, um, mm-hmm. like around finances, but also like mm-hmm. just like for us, like with physical space, like how we were using our when our when we couldn't meet in our building, but how we could open our building up to partners and people who could use it in other ways. And I think that'll okay. continue, you know, going forward as well. Um, just those, those opportunities, you know, of, and yeah. how to kind of be creative with our space, be creative with our resources just as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great, Amy. Um, maybe one final question for you guys. You've all shared a bit of kind of, uh, I guess what concerns you, um, uh, about, um, finances and stuff going forward, but what are, what are, let's end on a positive note. <laughs> Uh, what are you most hopeful for as you think about um, the church, your church in particular, um, and how we raise money, steward resources? Like, what are you most hopeful for as we as we go forward out of this pandemic? Amy, how about you? What are you most hopeful for? <laughs> going to let somebody else go. Um, <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I think kind of what we were just talking about of the, mm-hmm. like I said, the creativity um, that's come forth. But I think also just, and maybe I'm saying this for the church as a whole, even not just fi- financially, but um, 
to rethink the way that we do things, you know, yeah, um, and yeah. really kind of ask the why questions. Um, I think yeah. it's easy to kind of get into, you know, the routines of church or routines of, of anything. Um, and I feel like this, um, the pandemic has, has caused us to ask why, uh, maybe mm. in ways we haven't in the past. And to me, mm. I just feel hopeful around that, you know, that yeah. kind of going forward, the church, um, the big C church, you know, um, yeah. has opportunities there to, and just just to see how God's been moving in people throughout this time, you know, that yeah. we can come alongside and, and be part of what He's doing. I just feel, I feel very hopeful about that, you know, because I think people yeah. are asking the why questions just in general um, yeah. about yeah. life and why all this has happened. And it just feels like a real unique opportunity um, that the church yes. has. And so um, how we get to use our resources in that, I feel like is yes. exciting and hopeful. Yes, that's a good word, Amy. Good word. Billy, how about you? What are you most hopeful for? Yeah, I think um, the recognition that seldom do, you know, does the world go through a time like we've gone through that there isn't some kingdom purpose that emerges out of that. Mm. And so um, I think two things, you know, the recognition, the awareness that we've survived Yep. You know, as, as yeah. Eugene Peterson says, the message of the book of Esther is that the Jews survived, right? you know, against right. all odds, yeah. uh, that God's afoot and at work, yeah. and um, he's got a work to do, and uh, the needs are great, and uh, the problems are deep and significant, and uh, his kingdom's going to go forward. Good word. Mm-hmm. Austin, how about you? What are you most hopeful for? Yeah, I, I you know, I, I would say, as I try and think about it from a a financial standpoint, I, you know, I, I tend to go a little bit broader in this, but mm-hmm. I think I, I'm just hopeful that people will actually like after coming out of this, like there will be a renewal of hope, mm-hmm. right? Like to mm-hmm. be able to look back on all, all of this time, you know, especially for, for our parish when, when there was like five of us going like, this is not going to happen <laughs> um, to be able to look back and just say, look, there, there is something in this time where yeah. we can walk forward in faith, yeah. um, not not just blindly, but really just open-handedly, yeah. um, trusting that, like, if God has called you to this time and place, like, trust in that, you know, yeah. and, and, and walk forward in humility hmm. um, by faith. Yeah. And I think that's that's the one thing that, like, I just I feel like I, I've started to see in our parish, and I, and I just hope those, those uh, flames continue to be fanned. Um, yeah. Amen. Good words from all of you. Uh, thank you, Amy, Billy, Austin. Really appreciate uh, you guys joining us today and for sharing your observations and your insights. This has been super helpful. Uh, thanks for sharing today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the C4SO podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. Email us your thoughts and suggestions at connect at c4so.org.